The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Monday, June 21st, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Camel Fighting Dodo Birds and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And big, big but unsurprising, but definitely big news from the Supreme Court of the United States this morning. It ruled on the NCAA Austin case, and it ruled unanimously against the NCAA 9-0 in what is the latest blow to the governing body's strict and outdated rules. Deadleg, for folks who don't follow this closely, please explain in the simplest of ways what today's ruling does and does not mean. Well, as it may come as a surprise to some, I am not a legal expert. I believe you might be, but I am not a legal expert. I definitely am. You are, and you're also a doctor. You're a doctor, right? I'm a doctor. I'm yes. a, um, a a legal expert and a rising star in the field of meteorology. Okay, there we go. He did. <laughs> you were on the Weather Channel like three years ago, right? That's what that's in what? reference to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm more of a plateaued star at this point yeah. when it comes to the field of meteorology. But there was a time where I was I was rising. I appeared on the Weather Channel. Plateau might be generous, but we'll we'll ride with that. All right, so here's what today... I'm a fallen star. Okay, there we go. Here's what today, in essence, as I can gather, having read much of this uh, opinion and having, you know, gathered the opinions of people who are legal experts. So um, the NCAA v. Alston case is not about paying players. Uh, it's not about name, image, and likeness rights. It is about this idea that college athletes at any level with any sport should be allowed the same exact educational-related benefits and allowances tied to the schools that they go to as any other student that goes there. Uh, you know, the very idea of amateurism and why we've dedicated columns and podcasts and this has become you know such a hot button issue for the past 10 to 15 years is this very idea that uh, ironically you can go to college as a student athlete and not be allowed it's very simple uh, benefits tied to the college experience because you are on scholarship and the NCAA restricts you from doing that if you were to do that you would be ruled ineligible so the Alston case ties to that now the Alston case there was a verdict in 2018 in the Ninth Circuit that basically upheld, in many respects, what that case was fighting for on behalf of student-athletes. So then the NCAA said, we're not going to take this. Let's go to the Supreme Court. We're going streaking. And then on Monday, 9 nothing against the NCAA. This is a significant ruling. Um, the name, image, and likeness stuff, it kind of obliquely 
ties into this stuff, and it's what we really have here is two things happening at the same time. You've got this Alston case, and you've got the NIL stuff, which, oh, by the way, on Tuesday and Wednesday, the D1 Council is going to meet and might actually even be completely rebuilding its whole idea of what NIL should be, Um, but that's a whole other deal altogether. Today was about the Supreme Court saying what you have done here as an organization, NCAA, is in violation of antitrust laws. College athletes should not be able to be restricted from the benefits they can get tied to their collegiate experience through their school, through educational uh, benefits in any kind of way. So it is a it is a significant decision, but it's not yet the decision that you know is going to. First of all, the NCAA is not going away. It's not going to end amateurism uh, as we know it right now. But what I do think is possible, and in reading some of the uh, some of the legal experts who do really really know this stuff inside and out, um, what is possible is the fact that uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who wrote. Uh, the concurrence, the 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 back end of the decision, kind of a separate. He's like, it was basically so. Kavanaugh said, "Okay, here was the opinion of the court," and Gorsuch wrote that, and then Kavanaugh's like, "I got some other stuff I got to say here," and it was what Kavanaugh wrote that is really the damning thing for the NCAA because first of all, I think he's got his closing line. I think is the line that's going to be what's rem- what this is remembered for. The NCAA is not above the law, but even beyond that, he's got stuff in there about how the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. He says, he also says it's highly questionable whether the NCAA and member colleges can justify not paying student athletes a fair share of revenues on circular theory that colleges do not pay student athletes. It is not clear how NCAA can legally defend its remaining compensation rules. End quote, those opinions of Kavanaugh, those do tie into NIL and those other issues. And they weren't directly tied to this case, but I think it was actually his, opinion there that almost sets the table for if we ever get back to this point on a Supreme Court level where if college athletes are entitled to be paid not just with NIL but perhaps to collect to unionize all of these things I actually think that is where the overarching bigger implications could be down the road but more today it was just the Supreme Court GP saying what you've done here to restrict college athletes is in violation of antitrust uh, and the 9 nothing decision in particular, which is not that rare. I did wonder how rare it was. Apparently, this is uh, not that rare at all. Um, the 9 nothing strike down on the NCAA, is, it's undeniably a devastating blow for that organization. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, as for what today's ruling means, I don't think it has that big of an impact on college sports. Like most people who follow college basketball or college football don't really care or even know whether student athletes are getting, you know, computers and equipment and tutoring and um, unlimited grad school opportunities. Like that doesn't, it's nothing that, you know, five guys and gals sitting at a bar talk about as they're discussing the Michigan Ohio state rivalry. What, this is just another loss for the NCAA that doesn't have that big of an impact on the way we watch college athletics or the way college athletics is run. Um, I, I've heard some people wonder, like, why would the NCAA even push this all the way to the Supreme Court just to get dunked on? Is the obvious answer to that 
it just kicks the issue down the road. And hey, if we lose in June 2021, then we lose in June of 2021, but that's better than losing in 2018. Uh, maybe there's some of that. There's also this idea that, you know, Mark Emmert, who has been, you know, his job as president, sometimes people think it's it's sort of like an empty suit, uh, emperor has no clothes kind of deal, and that's true, but he was also as invested in this and pushing this and fighting this and defending the ideals of NCAA amateurism uh, from the top on down, including restricting benefits for college athletes, because if you weren't to do that, then you're, you know, you're beginning the blur of the line between amateur and professional. So that's also why here, but man, oh man, it's just, I, I, I thought the NCAA was going to lose this GP. Um, and in kind of consulting with a couple of legal experts and checking in with our colleague, Dennis Dodd kind of felt like it was going to be like a six, three, maybe seven, two. It was, it was nine, nothing like this was, this was fairly clear uh, within the scope of what we're talking about here. So I, it is a, right. it's a significant defeat. And, and I guess just to continue my thought, you, you make a good point within the scope of what we're talking about here. It was a narrow scope. You know, I, this doesn't mean right. what some people think it means, but the, the writing of Justice Kavanaugh to me is the is the largest takeaway from today's developments. You know, what happened today, again, just to continue my initial thought, will not have much of an impact on the way college athletics is run. Again, how many people listening right now even knew that, you know, uh, unlimited grad school opportunities was a thing or not a of thing? Of course, of course. But as Kavanaugh writes, you cannot justify the way that you do things anymore. Once upon a time, this strict hold, tight grip on amateurism might have been legally justifiable, maybe, but it's not anymore. Not with the billions of dollars that are being generated and, 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 and then distributed to basically everybody except for the student athletes, which double as you know, laborers. Um, the way the NCAA tries to justify this is by saying that college athletics wouldn't be college athletics if we didn't pay the players. I mean, if we paid the players, if the players were compensated, if, if we didn't have amateurism tied to this, college, college athletics wouldn't be college athletics. And as you pointed out, Kavanaugh wrote that that argument is circular and quote unpersuasive. In other words, are you telling me that if the Alabama quarterback was compensated and the Auburn running back was compensated, that Bryant Denny stadium would be empty or anything other than sold out on the final regular season day um, of the year? Like get, get out of my face. That's not it, it circular and unpersuasive argument is a good way to put it. Kavanaugh wrote, Quote, traditions alone cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student-athletes who are not fairly compensated. Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. That is something that you and I and lots of people have been talking about for years and writing about for years. It is now interesting to hear that coming from Justice Kavanaugh. And the big takeaway, I think, isn't that 
the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 against the NCAA today. It's that Justice Kavanaugh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be basically inviting more lawsuits, basically mm-hmm. saying, hey, bring it, bring whatever you want to us as it relates to the NCAA's amateurism rules, and we're going to be on your side every time. Yeah, big picture, no doubt. I mean, those lawsuits obviously would start at smaller court levels, but if they ever got to SCOTUS, then of, right. co- then of course, like, you know, it's, it's ballgame over before it even gets there. So, uh, so, so I, I guess the, to bottom line it, amateurism did not end today. No. But with the words of Justice Kavanaugh and this 9-0 ruling, you can reasonably assume that if these antitrust lawsuits with a larger scope end up back at the Supreme Court level, the Supreme Court is going to rule in favor of the plaintiff basically, if not entirely, every time. Right, exactly. And we don't need to get you know, completely down the rabbit hole with antitrust and what that means. But essentially, you cannot collude to restrict earnings, uh, you know, and and slant the market in your in your in your favor there. Kavanaugh also, by the way, I mean, I read all of uh, of what he wrote there. He he basically invites um, student athletes to try to collectively bargain and like unionize to try and help uh, get paid. It's, it, this, is, this is what's interesting to me is that I do think a lot of what came out today will wind up influencing and having an impact on whatever the state of college athletics is 10 years from now. Because remember, three, four years ago, maybe it's been five years already, uh, when uh, we had a, a brief attempt on behalf of uh, Northwestern uh, student-athletes to try and unionize, and that fell through. Actually, it, get, it got defeated in court. I do, I do feel like once you have a, a body like SCOTUS weigh in the way that it did, um, I think it's huge. I want to read one more part of what Kavanaugh wrote. He said, the bottom line is that the NCAA and its member colleges are suppressing the pay of student-athletes who collectively generate, and this is italicized, billions and italics of dollars in revenues for colleges every year. These uh, those enormous sums of money flow to seemingly everyone except the student athletes. College presidents, athletic directors, coaches, conference commissioners, and NCAA executives take in six and seven figure salaries. Colleges build lavish new facilities, but the student athletes who generate revenues, many of whom are African American and from lower income backgrounds, end up with little or nothing. Um, I mean, wow. You know, there are a couple of just uh, standout sections or lines, and I thought that was I thought that was one of them. And and so again, today's decision was more about the benefits that can be afforded to any. It can be D one, D two, D three, lacrosse player, football player, women's ice hockey player, whatever. But I do think that because SCOTUS ruled the way that it did, you will have an uptick in competitive recruiting because this could be everything like. For just one example here, if a player wants to get recruited to, say, Stanford or Cal in that kind of area, what is now what what is now legal and should be allowable per SCOTUS, and the NCAA will have to uh, allow for this, is if you want to be, let's say you're even you know a backup running back that goes to Stanford and you want a paid internship to go work at Google for however much money, you can now do that. It seems so simple, but again, this has not been allowed forever and it's, it's baffling why that was the case. But even something like that, the Supreme Court says, 
No, no, no. You cannot, just because they play sports and get a scholarship doesn't mean they should be able to be restricted from having any kind of paid internship, right? So that's one uh, type of example where those kind of enticements uh, that, you know, opportunities adjacent to the actual universities, they also do serve as intriguing recruiting enticements that are completely above board, above the table and allowable. And I do think you will see that have an impact with recruiting, given where some schools might be located and the businesses or the commerce that they are around and how that might also be an opportunity, not even necessarily for five-star players, but other players that would want that kind of internship there. So I do think today's ruling did have a real-world impact on how major major college basketball and football will actually run their programs. Oh, by the way, in addition to the NIL stuff, which is supposed to be like right around the corner, but again, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, it, it should be noted that that these education-related benefits are now allowed, permitted, not required. Right. I think that's an important distinction. Schools don't have to do anything. It's just that they can now do it if they want to. And Ross Dellinger, who is a, a terrific reporter who works for Sports Illustrated, talked to Jeff Kessler, who was uh, the attorney on the Austin side of this case. And, you know, Jeff made it clear that that this is um, effective immediately, like schools can can immediately begin to provide education benefits to student athletes beyond tuition. And one of the things that that is allowable is fifty nine hundred dollars cash for academic awards. So will you have football programs that are overrun with money and basketball programs that are overrun with money? you know, creating academic awards um, for, for, you know, the, you know, players who could reasonably um, collect them at the rate of $5,900, maybe, probably, right? Probably. Uh, yeah, that's another, it's funny, Dodd and I talked, Dennis Dodd and I talked about this as well um, in terms of that kind of money. Yeah, I do think that is something that is going to be uh, on the table and will be, again, immediately something that can impact college athletes, major college programs as well. Yes, that 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 as well is something that's on it. The other thing, and I, you can continue your thought if you want, GP, but the other thing I forgot to mention before is that you could have and probably will have a situation here where, you know, the NCAA spends tens of millions, like north of $50, $60 million a year on legal, right? Um, it just puts all, and it, it was doing this to fight to fight this the whole way. And now you're probably going to have antitrust lawsuits just lobbed at the NCAA that are going to come on like hot and heavy, like uh, in the dozens and dozens, where either current or former college athletes will say, "You restricted me because of this," and it will be interesting to see how many L's the NCAA takes uh, with stuff that is in the recent past or even beyond that, and body blow after body blow that's why like you know dodd thinks dodd thinks that the the ncaa as we know it you know he wasn't trying to overstate it but and he'll have a column on this i'll have a column on this as well on the site um the ncaa as we know it was effectively ended on monday it's going to take more stuff to really transform it but this is going to be the case where everything else to this has been built up and built up and built up but this decision is going to truly alter the course of what the NCAA is going to be and if it if it's not going to be able to uh, in many cases restrict what college athletes can do then it's just going to be reduced to something of a bit player in the bigger space I thought that was an interesting opinion and I can see where he's going with that but again we still got ways to go before we get there I just do wonder how 
much, you know, 12, 24, 36, 55 antitrust lawsuits, if they are indeed coming against the NCAA, they're going to lose all these? Like, that's significant, significant. They were talking about an organization that was forced into furloughs big time last year because of the pandemic. Um, it's not exactly, you know, it's it's not exactly just rolling and rolling and rolling in cash. We know that because of the fact of the, what what an impact the pandemic had on his championships there. I do think that there are some relatively dark days ahead for the NCAA based on what decision we got here today, GP. There's no question. But, you know, they did this to themselves. Rather than modernize and legalize their rules, they have for decades decided to fight. We'll just fight, fight, fight. Well, now they just lost another fight, and it was a big fight. But it's not the last fight. There are more fights coming. And so, again, to to circle back – if you're looking for a big picture takeaway, this is not the end of amateurism. And I, I guess earlier I said this will not impact you know, college athletics for the average fan in any notable way. Perhaps that's um, speaking to absolutely. Maybe it'll have some impact, although I, I don't think any high school prospect or transfer is going to make a decision over the possibility of getting you know, unlimited grad school opportunities and maybe $5,900 cash for an academic award. Like, I don't think that moves the needle that much, but, 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 but but maybe it will for somebody. So this, perhaps it changes college athletics for the casual fan to, to some degree, although I would argue it's very minor if it exists at all, but this is just the latest fight and the latest loss. And what Kavanaugh wrote is, in my interpretation, a clear invitation for, hey, we, the Supreme Court just let it be known. We were only allowed to rule in this very narrow scope that that's, that's all we were um, tasked to do or allowed to do. But give us a larger scope and we're happy to, you know, if, it, if it's brought back in front of us, you know how we feel about these rules now. You know how we feel about the NCAA now. Um, whenever something reaches us, we're going to rule against them every time. And that, that, that is the big takeaway from today that it, it, it June 21st, 2021 is not the end of, uh, of amateurism, but June 21st, 2021 is a step in that direction that comes with an invitation from at least one justice to keep pushing because this, this organization is wrong. Uh, the way they do things wouldn't be allowed in basically any other business in America. And, uh, you know, the, the, the clock is ticking on this stuff. Uh, that, that's where we're at today. Um, you mentioned name, image, and likeness. Um, technically speaking, today had nothing to do with that. But there is um, some news that has developed as it relates to, to NIL rules um, from various uh, sources earlier today, uh, basically outlining how um, six Division One conferences are now sponsoring alternate name, image, and likeness legislation that would allow schools to match their state NIL laws, um, and 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 schools in states that that don't have laws yet or don't have laws that are going to affect Ju- July first. Uh, would be allowed to create their own name, image, and likeness rules. In other words, the NCAA has been hoping for a national bill, a federal bill, that would supersede all state laws 
to make sure all 50 states and all schools in all 50 states are operating under the same umbrella by the same set of rules. It's pretty obvious at this point that ain't happening. And so what do you do? Because in theory, you know, five states have laws going on the books July 1st. Like it's June 21st. It's right around like this ain't far off. And, you know, those states would would be operating at a pretty significant advantage when it becomes to when it comes to recruiting, even if this isn't supposed Mm -hmm. to be a, quote, recruiting tool, because they would be allowed to do things that um, the NCAA can't stop them from doing while other the other 45 states are still um, tied to and working under uh, you know current NCAA bylaws so the the uh, proposal from these conferences is like listen let's let if you are in a state that has name image and likeness laws you just operate by those laws which is what's going to happen anyway and if you're in a state that that isn't operating with name image and likeness laws yet or by July 1st then leave it up to every school you know, in, in the state of Pennsylvania, Penn State can decide how it wants to do it. Pitt can decide how it wants to do it. Uh, you know, and, and same thing goes in, in, you know, the other 44 states that won't be on the books July 1st. Is that the way you understand it? I th- yeah, to a certain extent. And that is, <laughs> I mean, ah, it's just comical to see, to see how this, it, it really does feel like in many ways, Emmert is, uh, it's Wiley Coyote here, and he just cannot seem to catch up to any kind of legislation that it would be the roadrunner. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with this. I, I'm of the belief that for the most part, this stuff will work itself out as the market should and will when it comes to this. But they, they're left with no choice. I mean, so the D1 Council is going to meet Tuesday and Wednesday to try and see if it can decide on any kind of NIL legislation and again they're blowing up all previous plans to allow it for what gp just laid out for you because in part not just with what the supreme court did but emmert wrote a um emmert wrote uh, a letter to the membership that basically said get this together or i'm gonna do whatever i can in my power to make sure we get it together it was clearly quite a comical about face overall um I'm glad that we're on the doorstep of this supposedly happening. I still think it is going to be a bit messy, but I guess in the views of the NCAA and everyone on the D1 Council and Mark Emmert, uh, what other choice do you have? You know, you've got five, six, seven states here that are about to just enact and enable all the schools in their states to have this while other ones are sitting there waiting, you know, for their loss to either kick in the next two months, six months, 12 months, you know, for July of 2022. But we just can't, you can't really have this apply to some and not to others. Not to mention the fact that if that were to happen, this it's, it's sometimes it's like all this stuff just feels so fake. Like you would have a situation where you would have so many schools that would then be effectively forced to try and have NIL type of allowances, even if not legal. And then it would be on the NCAA to try and adjudicate these cases where you were technically breaking the rules. It's just like, just ignore them all to begin with, you know, because what's the point of this? So this is the way I guess of putting, duct tape on a leaking on a, on a leaky ship so to speak um and it's one possible resolution because what is clear and obvious at this point 
is that the NCAA is not going to get across the board federal legislation again because they were too slow to this. They were, uh, I don't even want to just keep beating that drum, but they were. They were just way, 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 way too slow to all of this. And Congress basically went back and said, because they had the hearings like last week and the week before, and they said that we're not going to be able to get something to your liking, let alone st- something we think that we can get passed through the through the Senate and through the House that would, you know, appease, oh, by the way, federal legislators, legislators, let alone what the NCAA is seeking there. And so in absence of that, what you laid out is what we are, I guess, going to get maybe later this week, certainly by next week uh, in time for July 1. But yeah, on this front, it's going to be a noisy and like somewhat confusing. And I fully understand that, you know, there's a certain section of, of the of the collegiate fan audience that is confused by this, doesn't really care too much about it, but it is a significant, like these are, these are basic rights that should have been afforded to athletes 50, 60, 80 years ago. It's 2021. Like we're so overdue for this. And I'm not surprised at all that it's unfolding the way that it's unfolding. Cause there was nothing to ever suggest it would happen any other way, but this way, the NCAA kicking the can down the road, trying to delay and delay and delay and delay. Doesn't want to have to go to federal legislators. Now it goes to them, has, you know, Mark Few sitting in front of him, you know, telling Congress people, we need your help. We can't do this without you. And then eventually them saying, well, we don't have anything together. We don't have a bill that we think is going to satisfy and pass with a majority. And so here they are scrambling against a July 1 deadline because state, Senators, their own, the own state legislators got it done in different parts of the country with more coming, by the way. There have been 19 states, I think maybe 20, that have passed these with five, six, seven of them due to, to go into action in the next two weeks. And so the, the, the latest proposal from these conferences is, is fairly close to something I've suggested for a while. And this is an oversimplistic um, view of it, but I think you'll get the point. One of the things I've suggested for a long time now is, uh, let schools handle this stuff however they want to handle it. You know, like, like let, and I mean, uh, whether it's name, image, and likeness, uh, student-athlete compensation, or um, academic eligibility. Like, I've thought for a while the NCAA should be out of the eligibility um, game. Like, let Stanford enroll and play whoever, whomever Stanford is comfortable enrolling and playing. And let, I don't know what's at the other end of Stanford. I don't want to. You go ahead <laughs> I, with that one. Yeah, I don't want to uh, upset any school. But like, let the whatever Division One school State is you is close is is at the opposite end of Stanford. If we're saying Stanford is 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 way over here in terms of um, the type of student it enrolls. Whatever school's at the opposite end of the spectrum. You want to say Marquette. It's cool. Go ahead. Technically Division I, but like not that far from a junior college. Um, Let them enroll whoever they want to enroll. And like, like just stay out of it. Like whatever they're comfortable with, let them be comfortable with. However, and, and, and so this is, again, this has nothing to do with academic eligibility, but it underlines the point I've made for a while. Let's just leave this up to the schools and let everybody do what they're comfortable doing. And that is essentially what these conferences are suggesting, proposing for the 45 states that will not have name, image, and likeness laws on the books on July 1st. Let the schools in those 45 states create their own rules and then like just whatever you rules you you create just hold yourself to them and and you're good to go like the idea that that is where we're we're headed it appears is uh is is pretty fascinating but 
you know, to, to, to highlight your point, it's somewhere we should have been a long time ago. Like if you can't modernize your rules, then just get out of the way and let schools handle this however they want to handle it. The world won't end. We'll still have a final four. It'll still be in a jam-packed dome. I promise you. One last thing here. So since we've been recording, the NCAA did put out a statement. Uh, shouts to Stacey Osborne. She does a very good job. Uh, she's on the PR side of the NCAA. And on days like this, you know, what can you do if you're working with the PR team? So here's the statement in full. This is the, this is, you can't spin this. And this isn't really, it's, it's a minor attempt at some spin. So it says, while today's decision preserves the lower court ruling, meaning in favor of Alston, it also reaffirms the NCAA's authority to adopt reasonable rules and repeatedly notes that the NCAA remains free to articulate what are and are not truly educational benefits consistent with the NCAA's mission to support student athletes. And then Emmert's quote is, even though the decision does not directly address name, image, and likeness, again, this is a spin, the NCAA remains committed to supporting NIL benefits for student-athletes. The idea that that quote would come out of Mark Emmert's mouth or off his pen or typewriter even five years ago is hilarious. He adds, additionally, we remain committed to working with Congress to chart a path forward, which is a point the Supreme Court expressly stated in its ruling. Again, we will wait and see if and when that can happen with Congress. And oh, by the way, remains free to articulate what are and are not truly educational benefits. Sure, if it's like saying, come to our school and we'll make sure that uh, we afford you with uh, with some extra transportation in the form of a car or whatever. Obviously, obviously that would not apply whatsoever there. But that's the entirety of the NCAA statement. Not much more you can do with it. I, I have a I have a belief. The shorter the statement, the worse it is, and that's a relatively short statement on behalf of the NCAA. It's just ridiculous. Like I'm so like. I, I can't stop rolling my eyes. The NCAA remains committed. That, 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 what do you mean remains? Do something. That nobody has ever prevented you. And we talked about this before. Like, it's frustrating that we have to keep talking about the same things for years. Like, did, <laughs> we probably did some version of this podcast every six months for the past five years. Like, the NCAA, nobody prevents the NCAA from making rules or adjusting rules. They do it. All the time. That's right. As it pertains to all sorts of things. So if you if your rules haven't been changed, it's only because you haven't changed them. Like the the when like when and I love Mark Few, and I know what he means when he says we need your help. But it's like it's not actually need. It's we want your help. It's not need. They don't need your help. They could modernize the rules without the Congress easily. They do it all the time with a million other rules. So when you read things or hear things from Mark Emmer, like the NCAA remains committed, what remain remains committed to allowing name, image, and likeness benefits. You've been saying that for years, do something. What do you mean remain? Be like if, if every day I walked in my oldest son's room and it's just, just stuff everywhere. And I said, yo man, I, I, I told you, 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 you got to clean your room. And he said that I remain committed to cleaning my room. And then I walked in a week later. He was like, Dad, I, 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 I just want you to know I remain committed to cleaning my room. And then you go to the local police and you say, I need your help. I need <laughs> yeah. your help on this. No, it's just like, yo, okay, that's cool that you remain committed to cleaning your room. But you ain't, you ain't cleaned your room. You ain't touched a thing. Clean your room. I don't want to hear how you remain committed to something that you're not actually. We remain committed to doing something that we've never done. What are you talking about? I got it. Like. I guess, I guess at this point, the guy's just shameless, like whatever. But I wouldn't be comfortable spending years 
talking about we remain committed to doing something we know we should do and people are begging us to do and but but we haven't done a thing like at some point you you don't remain you're not committed to anything you're committed to kicking cans down the road until you're legally backed into a corner that's what you're committed to that that's all they've ever done and that's what they're still doing but it is all coming to a head if you're trying to find the biggest takeaway from today that's what it is it's this is another step in in the direction of loosening the NCAA's rules and eventually it'll lead to um, a place where student athletes either can unionize and collectively bargain or they're compensated in some variety of ways and they have real name image and likeness um, possibilities that's where that's where we're headed it's just a matter of of when when now not if it's no longer if thing it's just a a matter of when man this came first day back from vacation for you in this lands how psyched are you by the way couldn't have happened like last wednesday when you're in the middle of vacation right no i'm I'm fine you know once i'm back at work i'm happy to be back at work like i enjoyed the time away but like i don't hate work so like i'm just saying yeah so i don't dread uh like you know i'm happy to talk about this and i'll be talking about it on radio later today and we'll just uh you know it's nice to be back it was nice to be away though i know that you you gave me uh advice from your vacation to like dude just try to stay away from twitter and i did like i went like what does that mean five six days no Twitter. You didn't I'm not check pre- it? I'm not. I'm sorry. You didn't check it once? Five, six Oh, days? no, 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 no. I'm not going to pretend I didn't scroll through uh. it every once in a while. Like, you know, I'm sitting around at night. You know, we we had multiple families, me and, and two other families, two friends of ours. And so we had a total of 10 people in a condo. And so, like, you know, we were, oh, we were in the middle of a tropical storm the last two days. That was wild. Sure, that was never, been in a, never been in a tropical storm before. Um, so the beach was shut down for the last two days we were mm-hmm. there. But either way, at night, like we didn't really go to dinner. We went to dinner one night. Like we had big kitchen and grill and balcony and the whole yeah. deal. And so we cooked every night. So we were watching U.S. Open at night and basketball and baseball. So, you know, we're there's a lot of time just inside at night and hanging out and having drinks and playing with the kids and that kind of stuff. So I would scroll it then, you know, just to make sure I haven't missed anything or see what people are saying about Kevin Durant's performance. But I, I had no urge whatsoever to participate. Yeah. Like I was just like, you know, I don't really have to tell anybody what I think about everything I'm doing. That's right. And that felt good. A little freeing, it, isn't it? That's it's good. It was like, it was like I, I wasn't compelled and, and felt no need to participate like, you know what? I can just be present in this room. That's right. And I don't have to tell the world what I think about Giannis <laughs> airballing free throws. Like, it's, you know, other people can do that, and I'll look at it, maybe, or maybe not. But I don't feel like I have to participate. It was nice to feel like I don't have to participate. I hear you. Well, it's good to, it's good to have you back, and we will have uh, – we'll be back in the swing here with uh, at least two podcasts a week. We'll have another draft profile later this week, and we'll – We'll wait and see if there's enough news otherwise. I mean, waiting on a couple of things that uh, college hoops wise that are just kind of still fermenting. They should be, they got to break soon. So we'll have stuff as it uh, as it applies here. But this, you know, get going on a Monday in the middle of June with some with some legal stuff. So uh, so there there we go. But yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. It's great to have you back, though, buddy. It's nice to be back. You're nice to say that. And the next podcast, barring an emergency podcast, will be a draft profile. And it'll be on Jonathan Kaminga. It'll be our fifth draft profile in advance of the 2021 NBA draft. And Kaminga is widely regarded 
and, and we can discuss all this on that podcast, but there, there seems to be five prospects that most people have in their top five. And it's interesting because it's the exact same five prospects, mm-hmm. but basically nobody has Kaminga in the top four. Right. It's, it's like five, the top five are, are almost the same everywhere. And, and the, the, the fifth guy on the list is, is Jonathan Kaminga, former five-star high school prospect who played for the G League Ignite this season. So we will be discussing him in um, great detail later this week. And I can tell you, I am 100% fully prepared because that's what I spent last night and this morning doing. (laughs) So uh, I won't have to prep for the next podcast. I'm good to go with every note and stat I need. So uh, be on the lookout for that later this week. Uh, We'll have it for you. uh, I promise. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Nolan Dennis legend shouts to Lauren now and thank you guys once again for listening to the Allen college basketball podcast middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime you're not subscribed please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts including apple Podcasts. we'd appreciate it and we will talk to you again real soon till then take care okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.